hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast, soundcaster, Mark... Persia. Mark. Persia. Oh, here we go. Fade recorded intro, volume up, and hello, discriminating soundcast listener. I am Mark Hershon, and this is episode 291 of Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. This installment is going to run a little longer than usual, so I am going to dispense with a lot of the bloody blah blah that I usually jabber away with at the top of the show so we can get right into the magic. I will take a moment to ask if you happen to catch last week's Epi 290 with my enchanting co-host, the every other weekly appearing Tyson Saner. He featured a triumvirate of tasty clips from the soundcast known as Almost Viral with Simon the Magpie, Brian and Roger, and The Problem with Jon Stewart. Don't fret if it passed you by, as you can still snag a listen via Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audible, Amazon Music, PodBay, YouTube, and our own home site, SuckatashShow.com. The one place you can't catch it anymore is Spotify, because we're just not doing that these days. Enough said. This week, I don't have soundcast clips for you because I'm too busy talking to soundcasters instead. First up, I have a quick chat with Jay Keith Van Stratton, co-host of Go Fact Yourself, the comedy game show soundcast he does with comedian Helen Hong. They are rounding on their 100th episode and are teaming up to do a live streaming version of the show that you can watch on your computer on February 16th. So I invited him in to talk about that and also how he's able to keep kicking my ass so soundly in Scrabble. What's the deal with that? Then I talk with comedian, soundcaster, past guest, and friend of the show, Matt Knudsen. Although we talk about his show, Getting Lunch, which is on a bit of a hiatus, thanks COVID. The main reason for his visit is to chat about his upcoming victory lap. Literally, he is running his 10th and final Los Angeles Marathon coming up on March 4th, or March 4th, <laughs> he's doing it to raise money, as he has done every year, for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So Matt and I talk comedy, soundcasting, running, and how you can help him help some deserving kiddos get better through the efforts of St. Jude's. This week's episode is brought to you by a crossover sponsor, Empire State Gas, who is the regular advertiser for the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Chill Pack is starting their third season this week, which means they have moved to a new distributor, Subspace Radio. And to help them spread the word, Empire State Gas is spreading the wealth and dropping a spot on this show. Except, they're not paying for it. I still don't get how this advertising thing is supposed to work. Alright, without further hoopla, ruckus, or ado, let's start this chat fest. I am talking to Jay Keith Van Stratton. Hello, Keith. How are you? Hey, how are you, Mark? Very good. Keith is the co-host of Go Fact Yourself, a soundcast which we have uh, featured several times here on Suckatash. But this is your very first visit with us, so welcome. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here, and thank you for your continued support of the show. Absolutely. Uh, also have uh, reviewed you for Vulture a couple of times. Mostly yeah. positive, which I appreciate. Always positive. <laughs> Always yes. positive. The funny thing is I, I, I started to do some negative reviews for various shows. Oh, it would never end. The, and, the, <laughs> and the editor said, no, no, you know what? Let's just keep everything positive. Like, okay. All right. I guess just by not mentioning the bad ones, no one will ever find them in the sea. So does that mean the weeks that and months that I'm not being mentioned, those are the bad episodes? I like to think that it's a carry-on effect as soon as you're reviewed, that it just yeah. keeps echoing like uh, ripples in a pond. Yes, I, I've got to keep chasing that dragon. I gotta get I gotta get the approval. <laughs> I always try and, to I always try to do a good show just in case we get a good mention from you. <laughs> I would mention you every week if I could, Keith. I you're just very they, kind. They say keep 
just keep changing it up. So I go, all right, I'll keep changing. And the amazing thing is, as you know, there are literally hundreds of thousands of what we call soundcasts here on Succotash called podcasts out in the world. But there are just so many of them and they yeah. just keep springing up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I'm it, it's I, I would complain about it, but it's sort of like when you're in traffic complaining about the traffic, it's like you are the traffic to everybody else. <laughs> you're the traffic. So, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy to be part of it. And uh, yeah, it, I also, you know, I also resent anyone who came after me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like people that moved to like the like Seattle several years ago, when I lived up there in the early eighties, everyone resented everyone else moving in right after they got there. Yeah. It's always, you know, last, the last in uh, syndrome. <laughs> Not to be remiss. Uh, your, your co-host is Helen Hong, who's yes. a fine comedian in her own right and writer. Yep. Yep. Uh, much more of a comedian than I am as far as certainly as far as stand up. And of course uh, she also appears regularly on wait, wait, don't tell me a lot of people know her from that and has had a lot of uh, good success uh, in her acting career in the last uh, couple of years as well. Yeah, so let's um, we'll we'll jump into talking about why you're really visiting today. But I want to let people know that I am going to have you back for a longer visit uh, with you as our special guest to talk more about the J. Keith Van Stratton experience, if you will, from <laughs> yes. pa from package to, from package to plate. Uh, I will let people know, and this this I mean this is just interesting, probably more to me than anyone else, including you. Was uh, I first met you? at the Acme Theater in Los Angeles. Um, I, you were doing a live talk show there. And, oh, okay, that goes back, yeah. And uh, Rick Overton is a very good friend of mine and he was uh, a guest on your show appearing as you in the traveling road version of your show. I don't know if you remember that episode. I don't remember that bit. So yeah, so uh, this was the yeah. J. Keith Van Stratton show. We did it as a, as a regular like TV talk show format, but only in the theater. So we'd have yes. celebrities and comedians and musicians. And then we would do sort of desk or set pieces. Yes. And Rick was so great as a guest, but also, you know, just as a, as a comedic actor. So we'd have him come on in different bits. I remember where he played my dad. And I think I remember where he played uh, a professor and then kind of uh, for one of our anniversary shows, we did sort of an inside the actor studio. So instead of James Lipton, he was James Nesty. Uh, but I don't, I don't recall this one yet. He, he was playing, yes, he was playing he, me in the, he, in the road version. Yes, he was, you, he was you for the uh, traveling road version of the J. Keith Van, Van Stratton talk show. Uh, but anyway, so we met backstage very briefly uh, but the the funniest thing is that you and I have gotten to know each other over the the Scrabble board. Yes, yes, we are uh, we are frequent uh, Scrabble competitors on the uh, on the app uh, by and, nature of our being Facebook friends as well. And I have to tell people, you kick ass in Scrabble. I I mean I I'm a man of words. I I make my living in words. I'm a branding expert. Yeah. Uh, and you kick my ass on a very regular basis. <laughs> Yet you somehow have found a way to monetize your uh, interest in words where I have, I have not. Although I have won a couple a uh, long time ago. I, I, I play Scrabble competitively sometimes. I have been oh, in clubs and tournaments. Okay. Um, so once you start doing that, you immediately... Uh, like I could teach you a couple of techniques uh, today where you would increase your score by about 50 points every time uh, you, you play. I, I won't do that because you're playing against me, yeah, but, um, but yeah, once you kind of learn, there's definitely a bunch of little tricks and things that once you start playing competitively, you just, you know, you just increase your score. And then, okay. but I, so compared to like what they call living room players, yes. uh, I'm, I'm much better. I would, I would win almost any game against a civilian, like ah, most likely, but okay. against people who take this stuff seriously, I'm very, very novice. Um, <laughs> the, the one tournament, there are a couple of tournaments where I did, I did receive, I did receive some trophies. Uh, one of them, I was in the, I think, I think they called it the, it was like the novice division. And I think I came in second and uh, the person who came in first was in his nineties. And the person <laughs> who came in third was 12. Uh, so just to give you an idea of the kind of competition I'm up against, wow. but, uh, but compared to people who really take it seriously and, you know, memorize all of the anagrams and, you know, literally yeah. memorize the dictionary. I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere close. Like I, okay. I do, I, I, I'm fair to middling in a, in a Scrabble club environment, but against civilians like yourself, I, I look okay. very impressive. All right. Well, good. I, it's I, a lot of fun. If people want to learn more about Scrabble, I, I highly encourage it. it it's when, once you learn kind of how to play competitively, it, it's such a different kind of a game and uh, it has its own fun and, and strategies and frustrations as well. 
All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to pay you to tutor me at some okay. point here. And uh, that way your, your knowledge of words will be at least somewhat profitable. Oh, yay. It's finally turning around. <laughs> but let's talk about the upcoming live stream you have for go fact yourself where you're actually, you guys are actually going to be on, on television. Well, uh, on, on computer, on, well, on, on a, a, on a television monitor. If you, you know find what, a way to counts. stream to your smart TV, sure. You'll figure it out. But that yeah. counts. It's all TV now. Everything on Great. screen is on TV, right? I'll take I'll take it. Um, yeah, so uh, we used to do our show, Go Fact Yourself, before a live audience. Uh, obviously, since COVID stuff, uh, we have not been able to. We we're hoping to have come back by now, but it, it, it hasn't quite worked out. But we are celebrating our 100th show, um, and we're doing that as a live stream where people can watch us record it live, you know, listen and see us uh, in conjunction with the local public radio station, KPCC, here in LA. Um, and it's going to be on Wednesday, February 16th at 6 p.m. Pacific, our special guests competing on our show are DJ Jazzy Jeff uh, wow. and Faith Saley, who a lot of people know from CBS Sunday yeah. Morning and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, so they will be giving us a few topics that they know about. This is the format of our show. They give us a few topics they know about. Um, we pick one of them, we write and give them a trivia quiz about that topic, and then we bring on surprise experts. So in addition to DJ Jazzy Jeff and Faith Saley, we'll also have surprise experts in whichever topics uh, we, we get for them. Um, and it's, uh, it's all free. So you can uh, go to either gofactorpod.com, which is our website, and find the link there, or you can go to uh, kpcc.org slash events and uh, look for the link there. Click on through. It's totally free. Just RSVP to register. Uh, you can watch us uh, see how we make our podcast, and it'll be available in our podcast feed uh, a couple weeks later. So we're super what? excited about it because we just haven't we haven't had people be able to see what we do in you know a couple of years. That's exciting. Is there any way that the the live viewers will have a chance to interact or are they just, uh, they're, uh, not just with, an, they're just your audience? I think there's going to be a chat room. They can interact with each other. We might put uh, somebody on our on our team in there to answer any questions or, you know, field anything. But um, mostly it's just a chance to sort of see what it looks like when we're doing it and, you know, look at all the many mistakes and flubs that I make, which people <laughs> uh, people seem to enjoy. And it's great to it's a great way to sort of celebrate with everybody uh, our 100th show. Well, that's great. Now, both, I mean, both you and Helen have sort of game showy backgrounds in terms of writing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of you know, sort of how you generate the questions you ask. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, when I've, when I have listened to the show, uh, whether I was reviewing it or just listening, because I, I do listen pretty much Aww. almost every episode. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. There, I have a very, because I review podcasts, I have to listen to a lot of them. Sure. Oh, poor boy. But I, but I have a very small set of my subscribe yeah. set that I like to listen to all the time. And you guys are definitely in that, in that number. Well, that's very flattering. Thank you. And because I too have a bit of a game show background, mm -hmm. I'm always fascinated to see um, sort of the, the technique that is used in asking questions and answering questions mm -hmm. and sort of the falderall that goes around. Oh, so much falderall. That's all we, that's all we talk about. <laughs> falderall for all. How much of, uh, of that history has really kind of come into play for you guys when it comes to actually putting this show together? Oh, tons, tons. I mean, game shows are, are my background, both in hosting and writing and producing. When I'm not, you know, in addition to doing Go Fact Yourself, which is a game show, uh, you know, I make my living day job wise, knock on wood, uh, writing on game shows. So, mm. um, you know, it definitely comes from that. Uh, and, you know, and just a love of game shows since, since I was a kid, you know, it's a comedy show. It's a talk show. All of the structure of the show is just an excuse to talk to people that we want to talk about. Um, but we take the game part, you know, seriously, uh, in the sense that we really try to get it right. And, um, you know, we're researching topics that I might not necessarily know anything about um but the people who care about it care about it a lot so we really strive to be accurate we you know we screw up every once in a while but um you know we do have a, a researcher work, works with us uh especially on our in addition to this trivia segment uh, that's the meat of the show we also have a what's the difference segment where mm. we ask our guests based on listener suggestions usually what's the difference between two things that are sort of similar uh and so we have a professional game show researcher who who you know makes sure that those bona fides are uh, are intact and you know the hardest part of the show besides booking guests is um is calibrating the difficulty of the questions mm. because if it's something that i don't necessarily know like you know if it were 
you know, trivia about the 2002 Anaheim Angels world champions, like I would be able to know which questions are more difficult than the other. But yes. if it's something I know nothing about, uh, you know, it's a little difficult uh, to do that. So, you know, we, we try to, it's a five question quiz and we try to have it start easy that even if the listeners don't know anything about the topic, they might have a shot at it and then get more and more obscure. And we're, we've, you know, we don't always get it exactly right. Sometimes we have a question that we think is super hard and the person just goes, you know, they have, they have it easy peasy, but you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's all, it's all a celebration of people's knowledge, what people love, why they love it. And so as long as we keep it in that style, the game part is great, but the game part is, you know, we're, we're, we're talking the, the, the highest stakes we have are, you know, made up points and you know <laughs> you, you, you become the facting champion we ask people at the end if they win what will you do with your championship and usually it's you know brag or you know <laughs> go right. go rewatch the movie that i was just quizzed about or whatever it is it's all just excuse for fun i love the concept of the made up points as it was uh, sort of i think it was whose line in it and who's who's line line anyway, yeah, totally. started, started doing it as a way to cut Right. So they they would shoot a two hour show and cut it down to 22 minutes. And because they had nonsensical points. Right. It didn't matter. The points don't matter. matter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people do, you know, when we when we give up a little behind the scenes, when we when we when we first uh, have our guests on and we're giving them a prep about the show, one of the things I say is all the audience cares about is that you're taking the game seriously enough that you you're trying to get the correct answer, but not so seriously that if you get it wrong, you're going to harm yourself or others. Um, and that's general, that, that literally is the, is the, is the tone that we want because we don't want people to blow off the questions because there are a lot of people who care about trivia and, you know, yeah. and want and, and, you know, as a game show lover, it's like, there's always that play at home component. And so you want people who are playing along to be able to, um, you know, to have the game, you need the game to have its in, its own integrity. Uh, yeah. Even though it is a silly game show, just as a pod, as a soundcast, excuse me. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, especially um, you know, but we do strive to get our sources correct, and we and we strive to get our pronunciations correct. I'm terrible at pronunciation. God, we had a show, <laughs> we had a show a few weeks ago where literally every topic and every guest and every expert was was an adventure. Uh, like there was one, our our guest was was uh, is a. a Danish British comedian named Sophie Hagen. First of all, I had thought it was Hagen until the show started. <laughs> and then one of her, one of her topics was a, a, a Danish movie. And I really wanted to just, I wanted to pronounce it in the original Danish and not the English. And I failed miserably. And then it was, then we had Hari Kondobolu was her competitor. And I, I apparently, I don't know how to pronounce Hari, even though it sounds like he kept repeating it. And, you know, I want to be super respectful because my name's a pain in the ass as well. And also just, you know, I want people to feel welcome. And then one of his topics was it was a an Indian uh, TV movie series that I literally called my Indian American friend and like had her repeat it for me ten times and I still got it wrong on the show I still got tweets from people so anyway you know we're, we're you, what is it what's that phrase you go to war with the army you have not the army you want uh, and so I'm our, I'm the army we have that's fantastic I will tell people that uh, you'd mentioned the difficulty of getting guests but you guys really have an amazing sort of bench of people you've had on the show before uh, oh we've been so, very we've been very fortunate it's just it's just a lot of work and especially find trying to find an expert yes. uh, you know it's a, it actually is a lot easier now in some ways with with doing the shows only on zoom because we don't have to get people who are only in LA or only mm. willing to show up on this particular show night that we're doing it so we've been able to get people from around the world which has been fantastic but it's still it's still really hard <laughs> you know we don't have a booker we've got me and my partner jim yeah just, just putting it together and you know hand, trying to putting out requests for favors for people hey do you know someone who knows this person or whatever else but no no i'm not complaining we've been we've been very very fortunate Yep. Well, that's great. Let's uh, let's give the uh, the link one more time for people to uh, to watch the show coming up on the 16th. Sure. Uh, the easiest thing is just to go to our website, gofactyourpod.com, gofactyourpod.com. It'll be there on the homepage. Just click through to RSVP for your free reservations to uh, watch our live stream. Again, it's Wednesday, February 16th, 6 p.m. Pacific. It is live with DJ Jazzy Jeff, Faith Saley, Helen Hong, me, and special surprise experts for our 100th show celebration. Fantastic. We will have links up on our succotashshow.com blog entry for this episode, which will drop this coming Tuesday. 
the eighth. So we'll give you guys a little about a week's running room before uh, the show drops uh, live. So if it's live, is it still dropping? I I, I think it's floating. To... I don't know. I don't know. It's it's sinking. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> still trying to still try. I've been doing this show for eleven yeah. years now, and still trying to get the lingo down. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think it's streaming. It streams and then it drops. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a it's like a, a roaring river <laughs> all right jay keith van stratton thank you so much for spending a little bit of time and as i've said i will promise that we will have you back for a full show and we'll find out all about you and what happened to make you who you are today oh my god that sounds like a double episode uh thanks for getting me in mark i really appreciate it and thanks for all you do for uh, celebrating good podcasts i'll see you on the scrabble board Hello, I'm Mark Hershon for Empire State Gas. You might have heard the news that Rolls-Royce will be all-electric by 2030. Well, Empire State Gas plans to be all Rolls-Royce. That's right, by 2030, our gas will be electric. What does this mean? I don't know. I'm just a spokesperson. But I do know why Empire State Gas continues to sponsor your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Even after being canceled by Farpoint Media, even after being kicked to the curb by Blog Talk Radio, even after being shown the door by Odyssey Radio, and now, as they make their move to subspace radio, Empire State Gas sponsors your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour because, just like our farm-to-pump products, Dean Haglin and Phil Lairness have great gas. Oh, Matt, it's been a while. Good to see you, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Like I uh, I said before we started recording, don't wake me up. I'm living the dream. <laughs> it's, it's all happening. It's all happening. Yeah. I'm coming to you live from the place I've spent the last two years, my kitchen table. <laughs> oh. It's both restaurant and recreation center. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's one-stop shopping. You want to like write that screenplay. You want to have dinner. Go <laughs> nowhere else. Going out on a date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> surfing the internet the kitchen table has it all (laughs) you know we uh my wife has been working from home for the entire you know the pandemic and we have we have an office that we share and she usually is like kind of a nine to five she'll she'll go into work but she's been um using the office but i've just been like well you know uh, the the work that i do i don't need the intense computer stuff that she uses so i was just like you take the office. I'll be downstairs at the kitchen, kitchen table. table. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I was so excited. I was actually slated to do some shows at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. Yes. Uh, this year here in January. But alas, they had to, uh, uh, out of an abundance of caution, yes. postpone. All pushed back till next year. But Right. Uh, one of the things I was like talking with people about when they like, like, no one wants to get uh, COVID-19, you know, it's just, it, nobody is, that's not a goal for anyone, but if you do go out there and you do contract the disease, what are you going to tell people you got it doing? Like, well, where, where were you? Yeah. I just saw John Oates. At the, uh, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah, I was a first responder. Oh, I was at a, I was at a comedy show. Right. <laughs> well, you're kind of a hero. <laughs> yeah. well, Matt, Matt Knudsen, you, um, the reason I wanted to talk to you, uh, I, I mean, I always enjoy talking to you. We've spoken uh, for your podcast. We spoke over a lunch for my podcast. We spoke over a dinner. Yeah. Um, Good times. It, it's always a joy. Uh, and we don't get to see each other all that much because you're in LA and I'm here in San Francisco. And uh, but here we, our paths are crossing on purpose because you are about to retire, not from comedy, right? Uh, not from any of her other endeavors other than running the LA Marathon. I'm hanging them up, her show. That is it. Uh, I am running my 10th consecutive and final LA Marathon on March 20th for uh, for the kids and families at St. Jude. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's uh, the well, the first time I did it, I had never I had never done a marathon in my life, you know, but it was like one of those uh, bucket list things, you know, it's. (laughs) 
<laughs> that and watch the bucket list with Jack Nicholson, yeah. which I still haven't done yet, but it's on my bucket list. I'll, I'll get to it. I'll yeah. get to it. So I, I had never run one before. And I was just like, well, what's the worst that could happen if you just kind of like sign up and you just do it and you know, why not? So um, the course for, uh, for the, for the marathon is that you literally start at Dodger stadium Mm -hmm. and you run all the way to the Santa Monica pier. And along the way, you basically run past all the things that people come to Los Angeles Mm. to see. So it's just like downtown Chinatown, Echo park, Silver Lake, Hollywood sign, Man's Chinese Theater, you know, all, yeah. all these things. And it's just, it's such an empowering thing. I don't know if uh, anyone's listening has ever done a marathon or been like uh, part of the crowd that supports them. But uh, LA has this reputation of being like kind of self-centered people like me, me, me. <laughs> but there's 25,000 people from all over the world getting together, running through the streets, uh, past a million people that are just like, yeah, you're doing it. Come on, man. And it's, it is just, it's powerful. It's really, really powerful. So I did the first one. And then um, after that, they just, you know, they send you an email and they're just like, well, it's coming up again. It's just like, well, that was, that was great. Why, you know, why not? So I just kind of kept signing up and signing up and signing up. And uh, I didn't realize it'd be such a big part of my life, but here I am. Now, now have you run other marathons other than the LA marathon? No, I never have. I've only done Los Angeles. Okay. Um, I've never, there are some people who like will travel, like they'll do New York and they'll do Boston. And oh do yeah. They're like stuff. deadheads or something, man. They go <laughs> everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but no, I've only done Los Angeles and, you know, full disclosure, I'm not like one of these elite athletes who's just like, <laughs> you know, my goal is to break four hours. I just... I, I'm not that guy. I do it in the, in the sense of like, I'm just going to, I'm going to run and then I'm going to make, I'm going to get tired and walk for a little bit. And I'm going to go stop and eat some more slices. And I'm going to take some pictures with friends. I'm going to, you know, so there's not this person who's like checking his pulse and checking his pace. It's just like, <laughs> as long as the finish line is still up when I get there and they, there's somebody there to put the medal on your neck, that feels like a, that feels that is, like a win. That is such a healthy attitude. I, yeah. I, the closest I've come so far is I run a half marathon. Cool. Uh, I was going to run it a second time this last fall, but I had a, like a, like a weird sort of hip in not hip, but some, some kind of hamstring injury or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it took a while to recover. So I wasn't ready in time for it, but there is, even with that, there's that sense of completion, even if it takes forever. Cause even right. the half marathon, I mean, I, I, I run every day, but I don't run That's 13 amazing. and a half miles or 26 miles or right. whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, I run my six miles and I go, Hey, I'm feeling pretty good. Right. I, I was training for it, but I just, mm-hmm. uh, you still kind of like, oh, I think I'll walk for a little bit now. Cause uh, absolutely. <laughs> there, I, there's nobody way to take my picture at the finish line. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. I didn't, you know, one of my jokes is like, yeah, I've run it uh, nine years in a row. Haven't won. I've never, there's a, there are actually um, people, and I'm sure they do this at, at every marathon, where they have the elite starters. Yeah. There's like a group of like, maybe like 25 to 30 guys who maybe have a chance at. Yeah, the seeded you know, runners. They put the in seeded the front. runners, yeah. These are the, the Kenyans and, you know, the Ethiopians who are actually yeah. like doing four minute miles the whole time. Yes. So they, they have their own separate starting and they never, <laughs> you never see them. You never see them. I will add this though. Uh, I have seen them in the past because you know, you think these people will just, you know, run it and they'll just finish it. And they're, they're always going to, you know, be in the mix, but when they don't, when they don't think they have a chance, they don't keep running. They just, oh. they just quit. So somewhere around like <laughs> somewhere around like mile 10 or 15 or something like that, yeah. you'll see some of these like elite runners just sitting on the curb, you know, drinking juice and hanging out. They're like, this is, this was not my day. It's not going to happen. I do. I run marathons for a living. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm probably going to be doing another one in 48 hours. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't do the extra 15 miles if it's this other guy's day because you just, you save it. 
Yeah. We, I think we all know comedians like that. They get up to sure. about the, they get to like the 10th or 15th year and they go, you know what? Uh, just not going to finish this one. Gonna, I'm just going to hang out here and uh, maybe I'll pick up a spot on a TV show. Maybe if I'm lucky. Yeah. yeah I don't know. But yeah. Somebody wraps him in a foil blanket. Hey, you did, you did pretty good. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it is interesting to see that because I, I just assume like once people start that they just they just go and, you know, but they yeah, no. they had the big, the big picture in mind. Now, do you see familiar faces when you come back every year you've done it you see people go oh that that guy yeah i know that hey how you doing no no not really <laughs> not really i i would uh, i couldn't be honest if i said like hey there he is he's back i do um recognize some of the um the members of team saint jude okay. some people do it year after year and then there's some staff and some volunteers so i know th them from uh you know from the hospital it, it's really kind of touching the people that i see a lot uh, what you're able to do is there's a there's a chip in your mm. bib so yeah. people can like track you and see where you're <laughs> running as they go through. You know, there's like an oh, that's app cool. and you can go online. So now it's become a thing where like when I run through certain people's neighborhoods and they like know I'm going to be there, they'll like they'll come out of their house. We'll take some <laughs> pictures. We'll hang out and we'll visit. So there's oh, probably cool. like, yeah, there's probably like four or five different little pods throughout the the race that they know where i am they know they know where i'm coming and we just stop and hang out for a little bit so that's, that's cool. nice what a great question how did you get involved uh, doing it for saint jude's in particular is that you know, is that what draw, drew you into the race to begin with no you know the first year that i did it i just i didn't have any experience at all and i just did it as a guy that signed up and you know, and I just went and I just kind of did it on my own. There was, I didn't even train Mark, to be honest. I didn't try, I didn't train at all. I, I just, I bought a pair of shoes and like maybe like two weeks before the marathon, I ran like 15 miles. And when I got back, I was like so tired and I was so like, Oh, and I remember laying on the, the marble of my kitchen floor and like, Oh, I just sweat, just pooling from my, you know, from my face. <laughs> I was just cold. It just felt so good. But I th thought like feeling how I feel now, could I run 11 more miles? I was like, I, I think I could. I think I could. <laughs> so I didn't want to commit to doing it for a charity or doing it for, mm. if, for anyone except for the experience. Yeah. But after I did it that first year, I was just like, I'm going to, this is going to have another level of attachment to it. So that's okay. when I started doing it, doing it from there. And the, the kids and families, uh, I also host the, um, the 5k walk at Paramount studios, oh, okay. which is, that's a little more doable for it's family friendly. A lot of corporate, uh, yeah. uh people do that. So, so I MC that event every year. What's well, kind of been on a hiatus the past yes. couple of years, but, um, I have done that about five, six years. So it's just a great organization and, um, you know, not to get too morbid, but everyone has either personally experienced cancer or has known someone that has cancer. Sure. So, uh, what St. Jude does is they, they have great research, but then they also freely share everything that they work on everywhere around the world. So you make like a little donation here and then they find this, uh, you know, groundbreaking thing. And they're like, Hey, hospital in Denmark and here, here. Oh, that's so cool. that's it, great. It, all the donations, they really go uh, a long way. That's great. Now for people who might want to uh, sort of help out your endeavor as you're uh, doing your retirement lap. Oh man, I'm so excited. How can, how can uh, people jump on board and, uh, and help out? Well, thank you for asking. You know, I have it on all my social media. If you just go on Twitter or uh, Instagram, I have the donation link and all that. And uh, it's Matt Knudsen, M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N. It's at Matt Knudsen or that Matt Knudsen on Instagram. But even if you like search the, yeah. the search bar, that's what always, I always laugh when people are like, all right, my name is at this and that. And it's just like, yeah, there's a little box in the top right-hand corner. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for the most part, you just type someone's name and it'll, it'll show yeah. up. Yeah. Well, I'll so, make sure uh, that their uh, links are up in the, the blog uh, piece that accompanies this episode. Thank you, Mark. And I really appreciate your generous donation too. It really means oh, a lot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
so people can go to succotashshow.com and I'll have the links to Matt's socials there. And you can uh, hop over and uh, find out how you can help contribute a little bit of little bit of cheese to help uh, Matt Knutson uh, break the tape on his 10th marathon. It's amazing. Just thank amazing. You. That's crazy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's once you get out there and you just feel the energy of all these people, it, I can't, words fail to describe what it's really like. Yeah. Well, well, while we've got you, uh, what, what else are you up to these days? Other than, you know, be, other than appearing nightly in your kitchen. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have a few albums out. Uh, they're on Bandcamp. You can find me on Matt Knudsen at Bandcamp. I uh, just did it right before uh, everything got weird. I did a dry bar special okay. uh, called Good News. So that's uh, that's available. And, um, you know, when, a, when the pandemic first hit, remember there was like a time where we all thought, well, this could be a couple weeks. Wait yes. a minute, this might be like a month. So uh, I sat down at the kitchen table and I started writing a movie mm. that I had a, that I had an idea for. And as things like stretched out longer and longer, I was just like, okay, if we come out of this pandemic and I haven't finished this movie, you know what I mean? It was like people say like, oh, I, I want to do something. It's just like, if you've had a year, you can do it. Yes. Do you yeah. want to do it? You know, so uh, um, I have found the problem is I've come up with several different concepts that I've started mm -hmm. to write up, but mm -hmm. there are so many people that have been writing that right. just as I'm like putting the finishing touches on something or about to send it out to some friends to get some feedback, yeah. I read in the trades, so-and-so has set up this project and it's literally exactly <laughs> the same project. It is so aggravating. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, the oh. um, parallel thinking it's, it's out there. I but, think uh, they're, I think they're just listening to me. That's what I think. Sure. I, yeah. <laughs> Why do I tweet out all my ideas? It's so stupid. Oh. So stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the um, the concept is uh, the the log line is a fish out of water husband navigates his way through his wife's work party, and okay. the name of the movie is called So How Do You Know Jenny and Dave? Okay. And cool. It's almost like a it's series of sketches, you know, yeah. because we've all been that person at the party who's just like, yeah, I'm, how do you know? You know, I'm married to her. And, you know, so it, yeah. it all kind of ties through. But really, the story is about the relationship between Matt and Amanda and uh, pushing through and finding the next level of their already established marriage. So oh, nice. Yeah. That's, that sounds Thank like you. a nice show. Yeah. Thank you. And it's one of those things where um, I had sent it out to some friends as, uh, uh, you know, not only like, what do you think, but like, hey, can you be in this? And, you know, and the idea was I wrote it to all take place in one location on quote unquote one night. Yeah. So if anyone says like, do you have a low budget feature yes. that you'd like to make? It's yes. just like, yes, just give me, yeah. you know, yeah. insert number. And we can we can do it. And I, I gave it to a DP friend of mine who's you know shot a lot of stuff. He's actually uh, Robert Altman's son-in-law. Oh, no kidding! Yeah. yeah, and so he he was just like, well, I could probably shoot it in like four or five nights. I was like, well, wow, that's nice. Know. Yeah, hey, that's that's an endorsement if I've ever heard one. Yeah, that one location thing's a little bit the gold standard to get something you know made quickly, mm -hmm. um, which is nice. Now your your podcast, Grab and Lunch. Yeah. Uh, it has not has been sort of down, and I assume has it been down because of COVID because it's too difficult to get into a restaurant. Oh, uh, I will say it did prevent it from any kind of reincarnation. Hmm. I did about a hundred episodes and uh, just put it on a you know a, a sabbatical, I guess. I yeah. haven't recorded anything new, but I've also maintained the uh, the SoundCloud account mm. and all hundred episodes are, are still up there. And okay. that's, they can link on from uh, mattknutson.com. So I was actually just going through um, some of the episodes the other day. And, you know, the thing about that show was you, I literally met people for lunch. So it was me and two other people. So yeah. it was the three of us sitting down and breaking bread and all of the stories, for the most part, like they have this evergreen quality to them. Cause, oh, like, right. yeah. you know, Eddie Pepitone, his, 
you know, third grade teacher is still his third grade teacher. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, this feels dated. It's you can go back and listen to oh, it. And nice. they're all, you know, pretty, pretty timeless. Well, we will link that as well on the uh, the blog piece. Thank um, you. Absolutely. Uh, and then I guess the last thing I want to talk about or ask you about was because um, I keep, you know, you'll occasionally post pictures of some TV show you were in. Mm -hmm. uh, or like, you know, a backstage thing or something like that is with the pandemic, are you still getting a chance to read for stuff and audition and send stuff in? You know, things are coming back slowly, but surely, uh, I did have some auditions for here's the, here's the rub. When you get like auditions where you're like, Oh, I really, really want this. And then you get close and then you get like, I had the uh, opportunity to uh, read for Aaron Sorkin's uh, mm. being the Ricardos. And then you get feedback. They're like, okay, you're in the mix. And you're like, oh. oh, um, so things are coming back. Uh, the thing I shot recently was, uh, um, NFL does these Fox, uh, NFL Sunday pregame sketches. Oh, so yeah. I did that last month, but I think a lot of times, uh, things, things are coming back. I think there's, there's a smaller, uh, smaller window to get things done. I haven't gone in to read, like physically go into an office for the time being. That's, that's shut down too. It's yeah. all um, submit from from home and uh, uh, self tape yeah, stuff. Shooting from your iPhone and stuff and, like that. Exactly. And my poor wife, she's such a great sport. You know, she's not a professional actress, but she'll be my reader on these things. And um, you know, and I actually put it out on social media, and I've been very surprised, pleasantly surprised, how many people have taken me up on this. I was just like, hey, if you have a self tape. If you want to run something, if you have anything that you want to record anywhere in the country, hit me up and I will work on it with you for free forever. Oh, so you? actually right before um, this, I helped a friend um, do a self-tape for this you know, big part in a big movie and, wow. uh, and he crushed it. So even That's when you're not great. working on your own stuff, if you're just picking up a script and like, I mean, it's actually here right now. Yeah. Um, picking it up and working on it and it's always, you know, just keeping the... Uh, Keeping your running shoes on. How's yes, that? <laughs> that's great. That's great. What about, I guess I lied. One more question about. Sure, sort of course. Of, are you keeping sort of, because uh, I've talked to a lot of guests about this yeah. uh, that are stand-ups as well as you are. Mm -hmm. um, what is your material going to look like emerging from the pandemic? Is it all going to, are you going to be able to do stuff you did before? Cause some people go, I look at my stuff now and it seems so trite, the things right. that I did before. And right. then I don't want to come out and just do jokes about wearing a mask because everyone's right. doing jokes about wearing a mask. Yeah. So, and I think there's also kind of that escape is I think coming right out of it, people were, were wanted to talk about the experience they had and be like, yeah, everyone's still making your own bread. <laughs> I made my own bread, but you see a lot of people like they're doing stuff above and beyond that. So yeah. um, my act, I will say, I, I was never the guy who was the, uh, I, I, re I retired that. I did that hour and I, you know, yeah, as I'm yeah. sitting, my, putting my set together or if something occurs to me in the moment, I'm not going to, you know, yeah, I did that on the last album. So I'm not going <laughs> to touch any of that. I'm lucky in the sense that I think a lot of stuff that I have and that I talk about is kind of evergreen. Yeah. So I'm not talking about uh, hanging chads and, you know, <laughs> you, you know that, that type of a, a very specific thing. It's more it's more general um, in the live shows that I've done since the pandemic. And I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this, but uh, every time I go on stage, I've been wearing tap shoes. And no that was something I was just picked up during the pandemic, like right before the pandemic. Um, this is probably a longer story than you want to hear, but I, I uh. when when Debbie Reynolds passed away, I rewatched Singing in the Rain. Okay, and I just saw the the dance routines of Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor, and I was just like, these guys are just so such phenomenal dancers but also athletes yeah. and it's coming from a different era where like it, during the studio system they're like hey okay so tuesday we're going to train you to ride horse and wednesday is archery and then thursday is dance <laughs> they would have all this stable of artists do all these things but there's not 
there's not a system in place for artists to that make you do things. Right. So um, from one of my birthdays, I asked for a pair of tap dancing shoes and I started like <laughs> taking these classes. There's this, there's this uh, woman named Coco and she teaches tap dancing classes. She made like this little studio above her garage. <laughs> it's basically, she teaches tap dancing in the Fonzie apartment no above way. her garage in Culver City. So I just like found her online. I was, and I, so I started, I started going and took, took intro to tap wow. and um, it's Wednesday mornings at 1030. And it was, <laughs> it was uh, me and basically about three or four retired women. So I'm. Uh, everyone's got me by about forty years, and they're they're all we're all out there tapping and learning. So I just had the shoes, and I did a show for the first time back. I was just like, yeah, I was told we could reinvent ourselves, and it just um, I like it. it. It makes me laugh. I I did a show with Rick Overton. Yeah, and I got off the stage. Good friend of the show, Rick. Overton. He's just Rick yeah. is the man. But he came up to me after my set, and he put his hand on my shoulder. He's like you're giving yourself rim shots. And I was like, <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about that, but that's, that's true. You know, it's kind of like tapping along and making noises. And sometimes I reference it, but sometimes I just like, just leave them on and walk around. And I don't know, it's, uh, it makes me laugh. So that's, that's, fantastic. that's not, it's yeah. Like, yeah. It reminds <laughs> me of like the, uh, the old version of the Warner Brothers characters. Uh, I don't know if you remember Brant von Hoffman. Uh, no, uh -uh. he's a comedian. Uh -huh. Kind of, re he's retired, moved to back to the Midwest. But yeah. uh, he was around for years, and he always described them as. Uh, he was always fascinated by the fact that they were like, you know, Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny were like old song and dance men. Yeah, 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 they were they were a cartoon hunter and a cartoon rabbit. They would, but they would break into song and start dancing, and then they just. And he said it's just Sick. exactly the way the actors were in the old studio system. Yeah, where you could do anything. Yeah. So now um, when I'm putting my next hour together, uh, I love stand up. I will never stop doing stand up. But in my mind, the name of the show is called Variety because mm. I'll have I'll have that component. I also play live music um, right before the, the pandemic. I, I went out and headlined a couple of shows. And what I had done, which was really a new experience for me, and also it was I think it was a very unique and powerful experience for the crowd is I would go and I would like talk to people and, you know, kind of do crowd work and, you know, mix it up. And maybe that was kind of the cue to go into a chunk of material or something yeah. like that. And then at the end of the night, I, I sat and I, I had a piano and I would just play piano and I would improvise a song about everyone's personal information that I had gathered throughout the night. So the last 10 minutes is like this extended song about oh, how cool. like this guy gives terrible Christmas gifts. <laughs> and it's just, you know, so yeah, it, yeah. It, it's fun for me because it keeps me on my toes and makes me listen. But then they, they all know that this is new. And this is not something that has been written and rehearsed. They're like, he, we just, that was, you know, so yeah. there's a, there's a charge there that is really fun for all of us. Oh, that's very cool. Very yeah. Cool. Thanks. So it's all a work in progress. And I say this all the time. What are we without our ideas? Exactly. You know, exactly. Excellent. Well, Matt Knudsen, thank you so much for chatting with us. Herschel, you're the man. And uh, uh, just for our uh, listeners, remember that uh, Matt is running for St. Jude's and you can help out by uh, kicking a few bucks his way. So uh, visit, uh, visit our site at SuckTashShow.com. We'll tell you how to find his socials. And through his socials, you'll find out how to uh, give him some money to help him as he runs his 10th and last Los Angeles Marathon. Amazing. Hanging him up. Yeah, thank you, Mark. And thanks for having me on. And, uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Absolutely. Take care. I'll talk to you soon, pal. Peace. That's a whole lot of talking you just sat, drove, or exercised through. So thanks for stopping by, listener. And thanks for stopping by to J. Keith Van Stratton and Matt Knudsen. Let's quickly bust into the tweet sack. Sorry to keep you waiting, Tweety. And see who's been kind enough to mention at Succotash Show in their socials the past couple of weeks. Sugar Amata Booking. The D-Head Factor. Hey, Jabs. Zombie Bacterium. The Jock Doc Podcast. They 
tweet our stuff and retweet our stuff all the time. Love, love those guys. Let's chat podcast. Deborah Hershon. Deborah Hershon. Wait, my wife has started following my soundcast Insta and retweeting it. I didn't think she cared. Davian J Audio. The Legal Geeks. Bowtie Josh. Dominic Burns. Snow White. Griffin Lane. David Spade, Martin, Angelos Epithemia, Song Stats, S. Anthony Thomas, The Multiverse of Badness, DAPF Pod Angelus, The DAPF Podcast Itself, Ray Christian, Salty Language Pod, Screams and Moans, Misfit Scully, and I Shake My Head with Lisa and Sam. Okay, Dunzo. Hope you enjoyed my double sit down back in this feed next week. will be Tyson and some more soundcast clips or who knows, maybe he'll have a succotash chat. No way to tell till you tune in. I may have clips the week after that, but I have some other awesome convos lined up too. So it's hard to say exactly what you're going to get on this Whitman samplers of soundcast deliciousness. What I do know is that I'm hoping you take good care of yourself and others. Try to abide by whatever crazy COVID rules your local health officials have going on right now. And if anyone happens to pass you in the liquor store aisle and asks if you're listening to anything good lately, won't you please pass the succotash? Bill? You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Mark Hershaw, brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or call into the Suckatash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212 You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at Hightail.com slash you slash Suckatash Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito the home of the hit our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Suckatash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Suckatash goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.